Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Today, I'd like to focus on finance because what I find quite often is that's one of the key topics or areas that make a huge difference to a business, yet it's an area many entrepreneurs, uh, small business owners, solopreneurs tend to avoid by saying things like, I don't do finance, I don't understand accounts, I don't use accounting software, uh, numbers go over my head, uh, and yet the numbers are extremely important. So I'm just going to run you th- through two or three things linked with finance, uh, which hopefully won't come across as heavy content, but at the same time will enable you to think of finance in a slightly different way. And I'm hoping you'll pick up a thing or two which you can learn. So the first thing I want to focus on is pricing. This is the single biggest uh, issue uh, which has the single biggest impact on your bottom line. And yet, when I talk to clients and uh, audience members, participants, individuals about pricing, and I say, how do you price? More often than not, I get one of two or three answers. Uh, The first one is, well, I look at what my competition are charging, so I charge, and then I charge less than them. So my uh, next question is, if you agree with the notion that we get paid in return for the value we add, you're charging the least, so therefore you're saying to the marketplace that you're adding the least value compared to your competitors. And they say, oh, no, 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 that's not what I meant. So that's not what they meant. And if you ask them how they com- uh, compare in comparison to their competitors, they'll usually say, oh, I think we, we think we're better, we're a lot better, or we think we're all on par with some of the best ones in the industry. So if, you, if you're on par, you're better, you're good, you're doing really well, why are you charging the least? The second way some people tend to price is they look at the average or the highest and the lowest, and then they go somewhere in between, you see the, the, the average or the median price, and say, we'll go somewhere in between, so we're not too expensive, and we're not the cheapest. There's no science behind it. Uh, somehow they think that a particular customer or client, or patient, is going to go through a list of suppliers, okay, and then they're gonna make a list of who's the most expensive, who's the most cheapest, and then the thing, Let's play it safe and go for the one in the middle and they are going to be the one in the middle. It doesn't quite work like that. Or the third one uh, that's quite popular is they've left employment with their previous employer uh, and sometimes they've left because they're quite upset and they think, I'm going to go in competition with you, Mr. or Mrs. ex-employer, and uh, in order to prove a point, I'm going to go cheaper than you and I'm going to basically nick all your clients. And guess what happens? 
they go uh, into competition and they usually end up taking one, two, three, four or a handful of clients even though they are a lot cheaper. What does that tell us? That tells us that price is a factor for when people are buying. It's not the factor. I can assure you people don't think about price as much as suppliers think customers, clients, prospects think about price. Uh, and again, if you ask people about what, in, in terms of their customers, they say, oh, all of my customers, uh, they, they want cheap, they want cheap, they want the lowest price. I mean, not everybody says that, but quite often people will say, oh, they are, they are price conscious, they want cheap. Uh, and my simple answer to them uh, is, if you think your clients want cheap, then there's two things you want to bear in mind. The uh, first one is don't moan about them because you are the ones, one who got them in. So you attracted cheap clients. So there's something wrong in your marketing, in your sales, in the way you approach things or in the way that you do things that you're attracting cheap clients. So it's your fault you're attracting cheap clients. And of course, they don't want to take responsibility for that. The second thing is, if you're saying your clients or most of your clients want cheap, then let's do the following. Let's go to their home and I want to see that they buy all their clothes from the cheapest retailer, be it Primark uh, or one of the other really low cost uh, suppliers or retailers. I want to make sure they're buying their shopping from the cheapest supplier whether it's Aldi, Lidl, or whomever may be the cheapest. Uh, and thirdly, I want to make sure that if they have a car, that on their driveway, they've got the cheapest car, be it Kia or whichever car is the cheapest on the market. And if they don't have those three things, uh, that means they are not the cheapest buyer. Uh, and of course, uh, that's not going to be the case. And that is an aha moment for people. So I'd like you to focus on your price and think about how much value you're adding and think about the different ways in which you can potentially increase your pricing. Uh, and do the numbers, by the way. Uh, have a look at how much of a difference a 2% price increase has on your bottom line. And I can assure you a 2% increase uh, in your pricing or in your uh, and your turnover isn't going to have a 2% increase or a 2% increase effect on your profit. It's going to be a much bigger multiple. That's because once you've covered all your fixed costs, uh, all the additional revenue you get has a higher profit margin because you're covering your fixed costs. The only addition is obviously your variable cost if you're buying stock or if you're paying for deliveries or that type of uh, cost. Uh, so it, it's going to have a big, make a big, big difference to your bottom line. And then think about how you can present price differently. Uh, and I will, in a future podcast, focus on pricing. Uh, I wrote a short book on pricing. So what I'll do for you is uh, share some of the key principles from that book uh, so that uh, you can see how you can implement some of those key ideas uh, and if you'd like uh, a copy of the book, it's available on Amazon. It's called The Authority Guide to Pricing. That's The Authority Guide to Pricing. The second thing I'd like you to uh, think about after pricing 
is to be conscious about your behaviors around spending. So my motto is first earn, then spend. And yet often I find people have a huge shopping list of what they're going to buy next. They need a new piece of software. I mean, software's never ending. In our office, in my accountancy office, we've pretty much banned talking about software because at one point we were kind of buying or subscribing to new software every two or three weeks. We had software coming out of our ear holes. Uh, so we said no more software now. We've, you know, we've, we've done software to death. Uh, and in other people's offices, they're either talking about software, buying new computers, okay, uh, buying new equipment, buying the next new shiny object, that shiny object syndrome. Uh, and yet they're, they're not focusing on how much money are we owed by our customers or clients or patients? How much debt do we have? How can we bring that down? How can we get more sales in? How can we become more efficient, more effective? How can we get our team to deliver better customer service? Those conversations aren't taking place as much as they should do. And yet spending, going on a spending spree uh, tends to be uh, a, a common habit. So focus on uh, first earning the money and then once you earn it, of course you've got to buy new computers. Of course you have to buy software from time to time. Of course you need to invest in your team members and in customer service and all those areas and the different systems and processes which come with it. But before you do that, focus on improving your pricing, maximizing your profit margins and making sure you get paid because the sale isn't made uh, when you give somebody a service or product and raise an invoice, a sale is made when you when you have the money in your bank account. So make sure you complete that sales process cycle with each customer, client, patient to ensure you get paid quicker. And again, in a future podcast, uh, I'll share with you how we do that and some of the things we use to ensure we get paid on time. And quite often, uh, before we deliver a particular service. And clients don't mind paying upfront, by the way, as long as you give them enough confidence and they know you well, uh, or they've come through recommendation, or you make very clear your payment terms. People don't mind paying upfront, but when they do, they want to make sure that you meet their expectations and do the work you suggested you would do on time. And obviously, if you're selling a product, then usually you'll uh, pay them either when you give them the goods or if you're selling online, they make the payment first and then the goods are delivered. So that's uh, something you should focus on. Earn, then spend. And the third thing I want to focus on today is for you to have multiple income streams. All too often I find people just rely on either one customer or one type of income. You see, the, the number one is a very dangerous number in business. If you're relying on one customer and say they bring in 30% of your income, that's dangerous. Dangerous for you if that uh, customer or client goes bust. Dangerous for you because they'll have a lot of leverage and influence over you. When they say jump, you'll be saying how high because you don't want to lose them. And once they know that, they will from time to time be likely to take advantage of that by making you work longer hours, extra hours, doing things for free and all sorts. Sometimes not on purpose. They're not bad people, but sometimes 
people will push the barrier to see how much they can get, push their limits and their luck. Uh, so, so that's the, the, number one. Okay. Number two, uh, relying on one particular team member, key team member in your business, be it the only uh, team member or, or the one who knows everything about your business, the bad idea, you might fall out with them. They might leave. They might fall ill. Okay. Uh, then you're going to have a major, major problem. Relying on one supplier has the same uh, issues. So you get the point that having one of anything is a bad idea. The same applies to your income. So in my business, I have an accountancy business. I have a children's day nursery business. I have a credit hire business. I have a, a coaching, consulting, speaking business. And then I have a property business where I invest in property. Those are my five streams of income alongside the books that I've written and uh, the income that comes through those books and the other engagements and opportunities that those books bring to me. But I don't always count the books as a separate stream. I kind of link them as an overarching stream and usually uh, I class them under my coaching, consulting uh, and speaking business. So those are five streams of income. So I've diversified. It's important you diversify and think about what else you can do to have a new stream of income. Can you have a new product which is in a, goes hand in glove with what you're selling now? Can you provide a different service if you're a different service provider? Can you uh, perhaps look at setting up joint venture or referral programs to people who use your service and they need other services so you can set up, set up those affiliate programs and recommend people to... Uh, the other service providers so that, that they can give, pay you some kind of a commission. That could be an additional income stream. Uh, can you perhaps look at going into a business where you help others in your sector because you've been there, done that to some extent and mentor them or, or provide a coaching service to them? Can you create products out of what you do and perhaps sell those products, be it a book uh, or an audio program or something else that you can sell to them which is of value to them and generates you additional income. So you want to be thinking about having another income stream. And of course, if you're really stuck and you can't think of anything else, my preference as always is for you to seriously, seriously consider property. I think property is one of the best businesses uh, anyone can be in. And remember, it is a business. Uh, don't just see it as passive income. You can see it as that. Uh, but uh, if you treat it as a business and work on it as a business, uh, it pays the best return. It's definitely the most enjoyable, the most fun. There's plenty of variation in it. You'll meet lots of great people. You'll have different challenges because every single property brings diff a different challenge. So you'll develop your skills uh, and it's a solid, solid, solid business and a solid investment uh, to have. So if you're stuck about uh, having a second s stream of income, I would seriously recommend uh, that you should look at property. So I hope you found those three key areas that I've covered quickly of use. Number one, get your pricing right. Focus on your pricing and see uh, how you can uh, become more profitable. Number two, first earn, then spend. Think about how you can get more money in your business 
once you become profitable and you've got more you got better cash flow then you can go and focus on uh, spending that money and thirdly having another stream of income uh, so that you're not relying on just one thing and all of these three will fall into the sector of finance because all three are about either getting more money into your business or holding on to more of it uh, or creating an additional stream so you have more cash flow coming in i hope you found that useful until next time bye for now thanks for listening to wealth made simple you can follow and contact shaz on the facebook pages and trust property tax and the profits wizard you can also find shaz on linkedin youtube and instagram Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.